Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you today? I am great. It's a, uh, across the country, it's a, a pretty, at least northern part of the country, it's a pretty darn cold, cold period of time. Arctic blasts are coming in and, uh, and you're in Nebraska and uh, my understanding, it's cold. It is frigid. <laughs> I, the wind chill lately has been just like 40 below zero, which is just crazy. And I know you've got family in cold spots around the country, and we've got some family down in Texas, and they're actually experiencing really, really cold temperatures too. It's just crazy. Yeah, this is uh, it's that time of year. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, hopefully w- when people are listening uh, to this, it'll, it'll have warmed up a bit more. So... Let's get through this. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to find a, a grant or some sort of uh, provision to help us podcast from Fiji or yes. <laughs> some kind of island down south. I don't, I don't know if the government will pay me to go down there, but I, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Anyway. Well, it, it never hurts to ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, before we started recording, you and I were you know, discussing a couple different things. And you said today we're going to be discussing a very simple concept that actually opens up a lot of interesting financial planning considerations. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, so I'm, I'll, I'll give, give a little bit of an introduction and then we'll, we'll get into it. But uh, it, it, as I've mentioned, you know, mo- most of our clients have been, you know, they've been really good savers over, over their working lifetime or, or they've had really good fortune. They've sold a business, they've inherited assets or they've won a lottery of some sort. Wow. <laughs> they've nice. done well. Yeah. Um, and so they've been able to accumulate assets. And so that's just, that's our, our kind of our, our typical client. Mm-hmm. And, and at some point, you know, most people are going to start relying on income from these assets to supplement their income. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they may receive income from pensions or social security, but most of the clients we work with are gonna supplement that income with, with their own sources of income from dividends, interest, or capital. And, and that's, that's, those are the things they can receive from certificates of deposited banks, you know, bonds, stocks, real estate, or maybe they have a, a uh, they own a, an interest in a closely held business, so they, they get receive income from the business. But at some point, uh, they're going to start relying or supplementing uh, their, their stream of income with these, from, from these sources. So when we start an engagement with, with any client, we do an inventory of their assets, their income, their expenses. We understand their objectives and goals. You know, those are the things that we're, 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 we want to know and we need to know in order to do planning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just this, this discovery is so important. So as we're going through this process, I'm thinking about the client's objectives and I'm trying to determine if assets are live-on assets or leave-on assets. And so that's kind of the simple concept that that I wanted to talk about today. 
okay, I, in, in all the podcasting that we've done, I don't think I've ever heard you say live on assets or leave on assets. So what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and I get a similar reaction whenever I ask clients about it. But I, I would say um, that most people, when they engage us, they're trying to figure out if they have enough to get, to get them home. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, to meet their their objectives securely and confidently. Uh, and the first answer, the first question we're always trying to answer is, are you okay? Are you likely to successfully meet your objectives over your lifetime, despite lots of contingency planning? So so not all, but most of the clients we work with are probably going to be okay as we as we're running through their plan. And our job is to maximize they're planning. Show them how they can spend more, gift more to kids or charity, you know, reduce war- risk or or increase returns or pay less in tax. It's so dependent upon their personal objectives. Uh, they may want to pass on more to family or to charity, or or their primary focus may be just to pay less in tax. So, assuming these clients are okay, they they may they may not need to generate a lot of additional income with every asset. So, uh, th- th- for as an example, they may want their 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 second home to go to their kids, mm-hmm. or they may want they might want that baseball card collection to go to to their grandkids. So some of their assets may be left to others, and and I call these leave on assets, assets that are probably going to be transferred to someone else, or transferred. Uh, to 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 charity, and, and that's the whole concept of 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 a live on asset, an asset that you need to live off the stream of income, mm-hmm. or it's, or is it an asset that you you either want to, or it's likely you will leave on this asset to someone else. All right. Well, we've had many many podcasts about a lot of different strategies and a lot of different. I mean, you've done a lot of educational work within these podcasts, um, so I know there's a lot of moving parts. So it, it sounds to me like it might be really important to quantify what live-on assets are and what leave-on assets are. Can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, really, really important. Uh, the planning process really helps us determine which is which, and I think it's mm-hmm. I, I, you know it's 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 really important to start there. So tax planning is is a vital part of this process. And as well as preparing, preparing heirs for these leave-on assets, and, and so I, I think it, it is, it is an interrelated concept that not everything is a live-on asset and not everything is a leave-on asset, mm-hmm. and we may not know as we start the engagement of planning uh, exactly which is which, but it's important to quantify. W- which assets might be leave on assets, which assets might be live on assets. And, and with that in mind, I thought, I thought it might be helpful just to kind of give, give our listeners examples of, of these kinds of different assets and, and, our, and, and, and our thinking as we, as we move forward in the planning process. So the first thing I'd like to talk about are, are, are live on assets. And much of this is kind of obvious, but, but I think it's important to, to, to kind of work through this this uh, these definitions mm-hmm. so so a live on asset um and i consider it an asset is uh, an income stream from social security or or pensions or from an annuity 
that 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 people have purchased over the years. These are sources of income that are going to continue for for a lifetime typically. So I think of that as an asset. Mm -hmm. It's a set aside. You you may not have access to capital as you're as you're moving through life, but you 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 realize that that these 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 kinds of accounts or assets are going to provide income on a regular and consistent basis, again, typically for life. And that's an important consideration. Now let's get into other kinds of live-on assets. And here I'm thinking about um, publicly traded securities like stocks and bonds. So it, not to get too complicated, but stocks and bonds uh, and, and CD accounts and certificates deposited banks, savings accounts. These are all available. They're liquid mm -hmm. uh, and they're part of, of your overall asset base that can produce income. And, and the question is, if these are live on assets, these are assets that, that you are relying on, we need to think about how they're invested. So now we're entering into an investment discussion. Are these assets focused on current income or appreciation? Are they growth oriented or is it a, is it a balancing act between income and growth? And so it's, it's an important, uh, important conversation to have with the client. What are these assets for? Mm -hmm. And what are they, what do you want to do with them? What needs, what, what, what do they need to do for you? What kind of income stream do they need to produce? Uh, if it's if it's very moderate, maybe at the two or three percent level, uh, maybe some of those assets can be invested for long-term growth, which is really vital uh, when we're considering inflation. We want assets to we we hope assets can increase or keep up with in the the inflation, and that their values continue to increase. But the only way that's going to happen is if you're invested in in equity like investments like stocks or real estate, things mm -hmm. like that. So they, they, we have to determine how much income is required from these stocks and bonds, CDs, cash instruments, and and that's going to be an important investment discussion. But again, it's really important to just take a step back and say, is this a live on asset or a leave on asset? Uh, the next kind of account, and this is, I think, so important to at least consider, is your qualified retirement assets. So here I'm talking about your 401k plans, your profit sharing plans, your IRAs, anything that is in a tax sheltered environment. And if these are traditional retirement accounts, unfortunately, there's a huge embedded tax lien on these accounts. And, and what I mean by that, that is most IRA accounts, most 401k plans uh, that, that our clients have, have never been taxed. And, and when you start taking money out of them at some point in time, they're going to be taxed. And matter of fact, the government forces you to start taking um, distributions mm -hmm. from these accounts starting at age 72. And that is an important consideration. And just to give you a sense, at age 72, if you have a million dollars in your individual retirement account, your required minimum distribution is about $39,000 in that year. And, and assuming that the account kind of continues to, to, to grow and, and stays 
stays at that million dollar range, the required minimum distribution goes up each and every year. And now we have a tax question. Is will this additional income drive you into a higher marginal tax bracket? Or, or, or will this additional income increase your Medicare costs? And so it, it's an important, uh, it's important conversation to, to, to map out and plan. What are the taxes going to be on that account? Uh, now and maybe in the future. Can't predict tax rates. Uh, taxes probably aren't going down. I, I, I would imagine not, especially in our current environment where we've got significant deficits and probably de deficits that are going to be increasing uh, because of the relief packages that we've been passing and, and likely to pass. So what will these required, min distri required minimum distributions do to uh, someone's uh, tax situation? Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just a consideration. And, and here's an interesting twist that I think most married couples don't consider. Uh, it, it's that the surviving spouse will need to file as a single taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So the surviving spouse might pop up into a higher marginal tax bracket. And that could really be a significant increase in taxes. So just as an example, a single taxpayer is in a 24% federal marginal tax bracket, starting at about $86,000 of adjusted gross income. A joint taxpayer isn't in the 24% marginal tax bracket until adjusted gross income is almost $173,000. So just as an example, if a married couple has, has adjusted gross income of $100,000, and that's li likely continue to continue at the at the after the first death, the 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 single taxpayer is going to pop up into the twenty four percent tax bracket, uh, in, in in any with income in excess of eighty six thousand mm. dollars. So just by that, they're going to be paying more in tax. Yeah. So it's just it's it's a, an important consideration for a married couple is what will their tax bracket be at the, after the first death. And so all of this comes into play when we're talking about these live-on assets. Maybe you start taking money out of your retirement plans earlier than age 72. Maybe you start taking it out uh, if you've retired earlier, let's say at age 63, 64, 65. Maybe you start taking out money prior to, uh, to the point in time where you have to start taking it in order to keep you in a, a, a lower tax bracket. Mm -hmm. So, so that's a, that, those are our live-on assets. I just want to briefly talk about um, uh, closely held businesses or, or, or even, even real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, if these are live-on assets, I think a question that's really important is who's going to manage these assets as you age? You, you know, if you're involved in your business and um, the, question, the question is, is, you know, as I get into my 60s, 70s, 80s, and older, and I'm relying on the income. Well, who's going to be who's going to be there managing the day to day yeah. affairs of that business? Uh, or if it's a piece of real estate, you know, I, my experience is that real estate is a fantastic asset if you're managing it, if you're enjoying managing it. But uh, geez, as you get older, um, sometimes the the pleasure of managing um, uh, goes away. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and then the same question is who's going to manage it at death so I think it's, these are things to consider Peter I know we've recorded an entire series of podcasts about business succession planning 
And I think this kind of matches what you're, you know, what you're talking about now. I think these might be of interest to business owners and listeners. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I also have a, a white paper on, on the website, raskinplanning.com, uh, about succession planning. And I think it's a really important, relevant discussion. So I would suggest that uh, a listener who's interested kind of uh, scroll through uh, you know, recent po- podcasts uh, that might be applicable to their situation. Uh, I think they might be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so so we're still on live on assets, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things I just want to briefly talk about and mention is just that it's really important to protect these these live on assets. You know, we uh, we want to we want to we want to make sure that they're there if we need them and when we need them. So protection uh, includes things like life insurance, long term care insurance adequate health insurance, long-term disability and property and umbrella insurance. We want to make sure we've, we've, we've got these kinds of protection uh, contracts in place in case of, of, of things going wrong, uh, of things of, of just contingency planning. And, the, the, and we, we protect these assets for ourselves and for our survivors. So, so just a, a, a comment about protecting, and, and, and that's an important part of the overall plan. Yeah, and, and you've spoken about protection a lot before just when it comes to general planning altogether. Um, and and I, I agree 100%. They've been very, very informative podcasts, and there's so many options out there. So um, I encourage listeners to go back and listen to those as well. Uh, it, it sounds kind of like we're wrapping up the live on assets. What about the leave on assets? Yeah, I mean, this is this is where I'd say the, the majority of our clients um, have leave on assets that nice. that they that 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 they will probably leave on to, to someone uh, beyond uh, themselves and their spouse. So the first leave on asset I want to talk about it are qualified retirement accounts. You know, we talked a, a bit about that earlier. Uh, and there's a lot of nuance here. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, these kind of retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, uh, they're, they're, they're liquid, they're available, but they're embedded with this tax lien. And mm-hmm. so in some ways, they may not be as valuable as you think they are. Yeah. <laughs> if you th- if you think about a twenty five or thirty percent tax lien uh, at, at the state or federal level, um, then you're looking at significantly less after tax assets, and, and so we, we it, it needs to uh, be considered which assets are you leaving on, and and, and maybe um, maybe that's the, the retirement plans are the least valuable. I think another consideration is that uh, these these retirement accounts have to be distributed to non-spouse beneficiaries within 10 years after they inherit mm-hmm. them. So uh, I die, uh, my retirement accounts are, are go, go to my wife at her death. Uh, these retirement accounts need to be distribu- distributed to my three kids uh, within 10 years completely. And so for, they're going to be taxed on, on these assets uh, in a pretty compressed time. And so that's part of their tax planning, how quickly they begin to liquidate that account. Uh, and, and then we have an investment planning decision. You know, are these assets, um, are these assets invested for growth or income? Maybe if it's a, a leave on asset, we want these to grow. Maybe if it's an income, uh, an income need, we want more income. 
um, maybe from an asset allocation perspective, diversification, we want our income producing assets invested within our IRA and retirement accounts and our growth oriented assets invested in non-retirement accounts. I call this asset location planning. And again, it's, it's just understanding which is which are the leave on assets and which are the live on assets. Mm -hmm. And what, whatever we decide we need to help our kids plan for this possibility uh, and probability that they're going to be inheriting some of these these assets, which have some pretty impressive tax tax liability with them, which also speaks to uh, the fact that um, someone may want to start converting their accounts to a Roth IRA sooner than later, pay the tax now, where we're, when we know what it is, uh, have the monies grow in a tax-free environment, and it eventually inherited, uh, passed on, down to the kids tax-free. Mm -hmm. And that's, that can be pretty impressive. Um, one final comment about a, a leave-on asset in a retirement account is some of our clients are actually taking annual distributions uh, they're in their early 60s or 70s, and they they use those distributions because they they don't think they're going to need them for their current income. They use those distributions to purchase life insurance, mm -hmm. which can create a significant tax-free asset, which can be left to the kids. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to create wealth, uh, life insurance is a great vehicle for that. Uh, still on retirement plans, uh, for these tax reasons, my experience is that 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 retirement plans are often used uh, to uh, for for charitable purposes. Uh, so consider if you've got a leave on asset and it's a retirement account, consider leaving that to a charity or to your donor advised fund. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very tax efficient way to pass on assets. Yeah, and, and you've again you've spoken about donor advised funds on previous podcasts. Those are to me that's a fascinating conversation. Uh, so listeners, please go back and, and find that podcast as well. Uh, it yeah, you'd be surprised at how flexible and, and, and uh, important that could be. Absolutely, and and, and also um, uh, retirement accounts for those who are over seventy and a half, age seventy and a half, can give directly to charity while they're alive. Mm -hmm. It's called a qualified charitable distribution. Nice. Those are also very effective. So another leave-on asset, obviously, this is a leave-on asset, but it's life insurance. Yeah. You know, that, it just makes sense that it's designed for the heirs, and it's liquid, and it's tax-free. You can leave it to family. You can leave it to charity. Uh, I find a lot of our clients who are, have leave-on assets uh, are, are, are looking at things like second homes. You know, they feel these are very important and valuable assets to the family, a lot of memories, and they want to leave these assets to directly to family members. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a it's a great, a wonderful thing to do for family. But I think it's an important challenge that, that you need to consider. Will the kids have resources to manage the property? And secondly, will the kids and the grandkids manage the property and the usage fairly? You know, mm -hmm. what's the structure for sharing this asset? And that can get complicated, but it's an important part of the, of the, of the planning process. Yeah, if it's absolutely. an asset you know you, want, you know you want to leave, make sure it's left the right way. Um, 
collectibles. I mentioned uh, baseball cards, uh, but it could be art. It could be, um, uh, you, you know, cars. It could be, could be anything that uh, is valuable that someone wants to leave to a family. That's, a, that's that is a leave-on asset again, but that needs to be structured in the prop, proper way. The other consideration for assets, especially stocks and bonds and real estate, collectibles, businesses, is the fact that there there could be uh, highly appreciate highly appreciated assets here, uh, meaning that there's embedded capital gains. Mm. If the assets are sold while someone is alive, they're, they pay big big capital gain taxes. So it's an important part of the of the discussion and the planning. If it's a leave on asset, uh, do you keep that asset until you've passed away? Because when you if you do that, the asset gets a step up in basis, meaning that there there would be no capital gain upon sale once the beneficiary inherits that asset. And so if you if, if you own a, a second home, very valuable, but um, has has a lot of capital gain. Uh, if you hold that until death and then then sell it after death, uh, there, there would be no capital gain tax due on the sale of that, uh, that property subsequent to death. Uh, the same with stocks and collectibles and real estate. And so these are just a, a part of the process of determining which are leave on assets you know, what, what are the tax ramifications to the beneficiaries? Mm -hmm. And then are these assets that are go going to continue to grow? Are they likely to grow quickly? And so if they are, we may want to transfer those assets to that next generation now, let the assets continue to grow, and then all of the growth of this, these assets avoids the estate tax. Which again can be significant. Yeah, they might they might have capital gains tax, but they might avoid the estate tax, which which uh, is likely to be larger under under right now under current law. Mm -hmm. So appreciation of assets is an important part of the discussion on 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 which assets are going to be left to others, uh, and then again uh, protecting these assets, uh, life insurance, long term care. Long-term disability, health insurance, property umbrella, property mm -hmm. and umbrella insurance. Make sure those are in place and and properly meeting the uh, protection goals, uh, because you 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 don't want to lose them. You don't want you want them to stay uh, valuable. And then lastly, we want to make sure if we've got leave-on assets, that we pass them on to the family, or to charity, properly. We mm -hmm. want to make sure we've prepared the next generation for these assets. It's vital. We, I also have done podcasts on um, estate planning, trusts, and I would recommend that, that listeners think about, uh, think, re listen to that. But we want to, again, prepare the next generation. Make sure estate planning documents speak to your goals. Make sure your wills and your trust uh, are specific. Uh, powers of attorney, healthcare proxies, uh, those are important documents. And then the trusts, uh, as you're passing on assets to the next generation, is there creditor protection for the heirs? Is there proper liquidity? Uh, is there privacy? 
Uh, are you being fair with all the children? Uh, you know, maybe not equal, but fair. Mm -hmm. and, and then finally, especially around trust, uh, as I've said in, in, in the previous uh, podcast I did about trust, it's really about love. It's about loving your, your, your heirs and, and preparing them for these assets. It's not about controlling from the grave. It's about making sure they're inheriting, leaving on assets properly to them. So leave on, live on. It's an important distinction. It, it, it brings out a lot, as you can tell, I'm passionate yeah. about it, but it's, it's an important discussion. So a, a very simple concept can, can really be quite nuanced. And I, I'm, I'm happy I got a, an opportunity to share it with, with our listeners today. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny, you mentioned, you know, you're passionate about it. That comes through in, in every podcast you and I do together. I learned so much from you, Peter. Uh, and, and in this, again, I, I've, I'm just, my head is kind of spinning as far as all the different complexities and all the different things going on. And I kind of have two things on my mind. One is that the planning process really highlights the complexity of all the moving parts that have to be a part of this. And it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle where not only do you have all these pieces, but the pieces are constantly changing shape, <laughs> you know, and, and you in your passion and, and what you do, you put that puzzle together uh, but that leads me to number two. The only way you can really put that puzzle together is by asking these questions because uh, in, in all of our conversations, the theme is it's the client's goals and objectives, their heart's desire, the things that they want to accomplish that really determine how this puzzle comes together. So by you asking these questions and having these conversations, I'm assuming that's really the only way to get this accomplished. I think so. I mean, it is, it is, a, it is a process and it does take time but I think the results are are, are really worthwhile yeah. for a family. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and, and I've, I've asked this many times and, and uh, I know the answer to this, but for those that are newly listening to this podcast, how can they reach out to you if they have questions or they wanna you know, ask you more about this process? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help any, anyone with their jigsaw puzzle <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they want. Uh, so certainly people can connect with me on LinkedIn Peter Raskin on LinkedIn, they can search uh, for me or go directly to my, my website at raskinplanning.com. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, 50, I think 52, 53 uh, podcasts published there now. Yeah. And uh, you can, uh, you, you, our contact information, we've got white papers. And uh, so a, a great way to reach out and, and, and make a connection to us. Absolutely. Peter, thank you so much for your time again today. Again, another very robust and and thorough podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. You bet. Stay warm. Thing, uh, absolutely, Peter. Uh, I, I wish you and your family all the best and, and uh, stay warm wherever you're at, for sure. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.